Hello, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded for our online service. We're not meeting at our church buildings at the moment, so tune in live this Sunday for our next online service by going to weareone.church or finding us on Facebook. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome. It's so good to be with you today across all of our locations in One Church. And uh, my name is Chris. I'm the pastor of One Church Kingsham. And it's my privilege to be sharing with you today part two of our series, We the People. It's also my challenge to follow up from an amazing message that Pastor John brought last week um, on part one of this series. And uh, he's just a fantastic communicator, isn't he? And it was a great message. And in this series, you're also going to hear from uh, Pastor Lisa from One Church Podsmead and Pastor Mike from Bristol. And uh, I love that we are one church across many locations. One Church Kingsham are the newest location, but we're part of a much bigger family that extends even to the rural communities of Zimbabwe. And uh, with Gloucester and with Bristol and with Podsmead and together, we are all part of a movement that is so much bigger than any one of the single parts on their own. Even better than that, when I became a Christian and when you became a Christian, you became part of a family of God that transcends all time and and all generations and all nations and all locations and you became part of God's incredible family we the people I remember when I married my wife Anna my dad did a great job of pointing out to her that she had joined something that was bigger than what she had perhaps been used to before see her surname her maiden name was Henry but when she married me she became a Williams now Henry is a a top 400 name in the UK, but Williams was a top 30 name. And so literally overnight, Anna had gone from conference league to Premier League. She had been promoted to something bigger than she'd been used to before. I think she'd probably still to this day uh, disagree with that statement. But uh, this series is all about how we can play our part in something bigger. And John said last week that what we can build together is so much better than what we can build on our own. And he he finished his message by inviting us to play our part, to become a part of what God is doing, to bless the nations through his people. We, the people. And I love that God wants to bless his nations, but he wants to bless our cities, doesn't he? He wants to bless our communities, the place where you live and work. He wants to bless your schools and he wants to do it through you and through me. And if you've ever asked the question, what is my purpose? What is the call of God for me? What am I to do in this church or in in my city or in in the place that I live or in my workplace or in my school? Then I want to I want to encourage you to start right here and start right now with the question, how can I be a blessing? How can I use what God has given me, the resources and the gifts that he has given me to encourage others and to be a blessing to others? See, to live big is all about living for others. I love the description uh, that Dr. Luke gives of the early church in the book of Acts. It's so powerful and uh, and inspirational. In fact, uh, such was the impact of the early church that he felt that he needed to write it twice in the book of Acts chapter 2 and in the book of Acts chapter 4. And so I just want to read these to you very quickly as he describes the early church. He says this. He says that they were devoted to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer. 
He said that everyone was filled in awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. He said all the believers were together. They had everything in common. They would sell possessions and goods and they would give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and uh, they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And in chapter 4 he goes on, he says that all the believers were of one heart and of one mind. No one claimed to uh, that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything that they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and there was much grace upon them all. There were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those that had land and property would sell them and bring the money from the cells, and they would put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who was in need. Whew, wow, what an amazing church. I would love to be in a church like that. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in a church like that, right? They had miracles happening on a daily basis. It was a growing church. Every day, God was adding to their number those that were being saved. There were no needy people among them. I would love to be in a church like that, right? But I don't think that we will ever see a church like that if we're not willing to be a church like that. I want you to think about those early believers for a moment. They were just everyday people like you and me. They were married. They probably had kids um, and families. Uh, they were young and old. They were uh, single people. They were widows. There were all sorts of people were part of that group. They had jobs and they probably had hobbies and pets to walk and things to do. They were busy. They had businesses to run. But there was something about the transformational impact of Jesus on their lives that they had this insatiable desire to want to learn, to want to grow and to want to encounter God and to, to be together and to love each other so generously that not a single person would have a need. It was so generous that they would go without so that others could be within. They were more than just religious churchgoers. They were a people, all ages, all races, all genders and social standing. They would come together and they were a people marked by love, righteousness and generosity. I mean, how exciting would it have been to be a part of a church like that? And here's the truth, because God's highest calling for you was never to go to a church. God's highest calling on you was never to, to go to a building or to, to turn on to an online service. God's calling for you is to be conformed into the image of Christ, to be like Jesus and to be planted into his church and to be a part of his people who are to be a light shining in the darkness, a city on a hill, and to be a blessing to all nations. I, I mean, I get excited at that. I get excited at the fact that I am part of God's master plan to be a blessing to the nations, to bring light and hope, and to bring peace and healing to my world. Sadly, I think that 
there are many Christians that will miss out on the fullness and the blessing and the life that comes from being planted in the house of God because they treated church as something they went to rather than something that they are. They treat church as something that they go to rather than something that they are. See, this early church were part of a community of believers that were committed to being a blessing to each other. It was a collective of togetherness. And I love this quote from Craig Rochelle. He says that the church does not exist for us. When we became Christians, we realised that we are the church and that we exist for the world. In, in other words, what he was saying was that the church is not a destination that we attend, but it is an identity that we embrace. We are the church. We, the people. And I found this really interesting. The word that is translated in your Bible as church, uh, the original Greek word is ecclesia. Now, ecclesia means called out ones like uh, we are God's called out ones he's called us out to be a city on a hill a light in the darkness but the word ecclesia uh, was originally a word used to describe a Roman secular institution it was an assembly of people that were called out and deputized by the emperor to introduce and implement the laws of the empire the function of the Ecclesia was to teach the language and the culture of Rome until everything and everyone walked and talked and acted like Rome. So when Jesus said, I will build my Ecclesia, he knew that there was already an Ecclesia. He knew that that was an Ecclesia driven by evil forces, by the Roman Empire. And he was saying, I'm going to release a new Ecclesia. A collective of people that are are gonna um, a collective of people that are gonna be a people who walk and talk and act like Jesus. Uh, it's gonna they're gonna bring my kingdom to their world, uh, and they're gonna be uh, my people, and they're gonna bring and implement the law of my kingdom, which we know is the law of love. Now, the other interesting thing is that Jesus also co-opted the conventus. Now, the conventus meant that whenever Roman citizens, wherever they were, if they gathered together, then they carried the authority and the power of the Roman Empire. And Jesus said this, didn't he? He said that when two or three are gathered, I will be with them. When we come together, we have the authority and the power of Jesus and of the kingdom of God. And he went even further than that. He also co-opted the term apostle. See, the apostles were, uh, they were like admirals in the Roman army. They were responsible for a fleet of ships that would be full of building materials and full of people with all sorts of gifts and talents for building and architecture and plumbing. And those vessels would be sent out to new locations to build new cities that looked like Rome. We, the people, the Ecclesia, God's called out ones, are a church and we are a vessel 
that are being sent out into the into the world to build a city on a hill, to be a light in the darkness, to go into new territories, to be salt and uh, to be light. A church that looks like, sounds like and acts like Jesus. I don't know about you, but that really got me excited. So what does what does that look like? Well, we read as we read in the scriptures earlier. Uh, the early church, they were growing in their love for God and they were growing in their love for each other. And they would demonstrate that love by laying themselves down to serve one another. And so uh, some of the things that they would do, as we read in the, in the scriptures early, it, uh, earlier, it said that they would uh, worship together and celebrate together. Every day they would come together into, into the temple courts and they would praise God and they would meet together in, in people's homes and they would learn and grow together and said that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. So I wonder what the apostles were teaching. Well, the answer is in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus gives them their commission, he says, go make disciples in the world. And then he tells them to teach them everything that he had taught them. And if you want to know what he had taught them, then uh, let me encourage you to go to Matthew chapter five, six and seven. It's like Jesus's manifesto of the kingdom. You may have heard it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he tells us what it's like to be a part of the kingdom of God. It's an upside down kingdom. It doesn't look like any kingdom you have been part of before. And uh, he says that blessed are the peacemakers and talks to us about how to live and how to love others. And the last will be first. And he shares all these incredible things. And so this is what the uh, the early church, they were devoted to these teachings said that they would meet together to eat and to pray and to stand with each other and to believe for miracles together. And they would pray for each other that God would meet their needs and they would even go out of their way to meet the needs of each other by serving and giving. They, they valued people over property and purpose over possessions and they, they valued others so much that they would lay themselves down to serve and to go above and beyond to meet the needs of others. Now, if you're anything like me, there are times when I don't even like people, <laughs> let alone want to serve them, uh, pray with them, eat with them, sell my things so that they can have more. You know, uh, sometimes that's difficult, isn't it? And I think I think it's true that in my own strength, it's impossible to build the early church. In my own strength, it's impossible to be that kind of church. But together, if we uh, continue to encounter God together, as we continue to grow in our love for him and for each other, I believe that we will be filled with a desire to want to learn, to want to grow and to want to serve each other in such a way that it will make such an impact and a difference in our world. And, and the early church were, were marked by their love for each, each other. And that's my prayer for us as a church, that we will be known for our love for each other. You know, in one church, uh, we've, we've done some things to try and help you with this. And so our encounter services are a great way for us to come together, like the early church, to celebrate together and to, to praise God together. I love it when we get to do that. And our midweek grow groups are a fantastic opportunity for you 
to get into a small group of friends or people that can help you grow and help us understand what we learn on Sunday and how to make that work every day in our lives. And those people can stand with you and pray with you and uh, believe for miracles with you and, and you can serve each other and meet the needs of each other. And our Go Teams, our Go Teams are a fantastic reminder to, to us that the church does not exist for us, but that we are the church and we exist for others. And so you can be part of our Go Teams serving on a Sunday or opening your home midweek, or you can be part of one of our community teams that are making a difference in our world. And so I just want to pray for you that the church would never be optional for you. I want to pray that it's never a place you go to, but it is an identity that you embrace. I pray that uh, that you will learn and that you would grow outside of a Sunday, that you would have a group of others that you can that you can do life with, that you can learn together, share together and grow together. And I pray that you would realise that you have gifts and talents and resources that can be used to serve and uh, to serve in the church or in your community, that you can make a difference, that you can serve as a people to make a difference in our world. I pray this message has encouraged you. I want you to take a few moments now to just reflect on this message, that you would be a church committed to each other and committed to making a difference in this world.